Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we're in a new series called The Little Things, right? The Little Things. And um, I'm so glad that we're out of the series called My Issues um, because I was tired. Um, We're in a series called The Little Things, and I love this quote by Admiral William H. McRaven. He said, if you can't do the little things right, you will never do the big things right. If you never do the little things right, you will never do the big things right. And here's what I know in life is that little things are big things. Right, little things are big things. Little things lead to big things. And when we dismiss things as small, well, it's not that big of a deal. Usually it's a big deal because we minimize many times what we should maximize. And Jesus said this, and we're gonna talk about this next week, especially in the context of it. If you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. But if you're not faithful with little, then you're not gonna be faithful with much. And today I wanna talk to you about Legos and symbols, Legos and symbols as we dive into this series. Uh, There are some things in life that bring pain in an unnecessary way. Uh, Little things that bring pain in an unnecessary way. Uh, Like to me, wasps, I don't understand wasps, I'm pretty sure they're gonna be in hell, Um, and horse flies. Horseflies, I don't understand the purpose of a horsefly. They're just mean. They're the, like, they're the mean, they chase you and they just bite. And they like land and you don't even know they're on you until they bite you and you're like, ah, right? Why does it hurt so much? Because you weren't expecting the pain. When you are expecting pain, there's a difference because you're bracing for it. So if you get a shot, it hurts, but it's not like being stung by a wasp. Let me introduce you to the most painful thing you will ever experience from a little thing. A Lego, when you step on it barefoot, will test your Christianity. (laughs) Why? Because you aren't expecting it. It is in the middle of the night and you're locking up or mama, you're getting up and you're walking to the pot of coffee to turn that Jesus juice on in the morning and you step on that Lego barefoot and what happens is one of two things. You say something you shouldn't or like me, you just go silent, right? I just go mm-hmm, like that and I just crumble. I'm like, I don't say things I shouldn't say. I just get quiet and mad. And then I would destroy every Lego ever made in our household. Like if you can't pick them up, we're throwing them away. This bag of Legos probably costs $10,000, right? I mean, let's just be honest. So dumb expensive. And it's a little thing, right? This thing is a little thing that costs so much pain, a little thing that causes so much pain. And just like this is a little thing, can I tell you your words in your mouth is a little thing that if we're not careful can cause so much pain, can bring so much destruction, can bring so much hurt if we're not careful about the little words that we say. And here's what I want us to understand, it's our first point today, is that small words have big impacts. Small words, Little words have huge impacts on people's lives. James chapter three, verse three through six says this. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. 
and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And in the same way, the tongue is a small thing. It's a little thing, right, that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. You can burn it all down simply by what comes out of your mouth, what the words that you say, for it is itself on fire by hell itself. And I love this part where it says a small rudder, right? Makes a whole ship go the direction the pilot wants it to go despite the winds, despite the outside forces. And can I tell you, most of us, we wanna blame outside forces for what comes out of our mouth. No, no, no. Your life is going to be determined greatly. The direction of your life that it goes is going to be be determined by the words that come out of your mouth. Your relationships, for the most part, are gonna be determined by the words that come out of your mouth. And you set the direction that your life is going to take. You set the direction for the way your relationships are going to be. Because small words, small things spoken, things spoken in the heat of the moment, we wanna say it's not that big of a deal. Little things are big deals. Small words make a big impact. And this is true for good things and hurtful things. Some of the greatest phrases that you've heard, you remember this, right? You remember these things said, I've got some. When your kid tells you that they have a mid-high football game, mid-high basketball game, they've got a seventh grade band concert. Can I tell you, if you're going to a seventh grade band concert, it's gonna be awful. It's gonna be like, it's gonna be like me playing, right? Like it's not gonna be good. It's gonna be a little bit better than that, but it's not gonna be good. And here's what parents say, I wouldn't miss it for the world, right? And you remember this when your parents said, there's nowhere else I would ever wanna be than watching you play ball, than watching you do your thing, than watching you perform, than watching you do your play. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Why do those words stick? Because small words, small phrases make a huge impact. I'm so proud of you. Huge impact. I love you. Some of you have said, I'm lucky to be married to you. Some of you are waiting for your spouse to say, I'm lucky to be married. This is your moment, right? I'm really lucky to have you as my kid. Hey, mom, hey, dad. I'm lucky to have you as a parent. You're the best fill in the blank. Right, those, those kind of phrases. You're the, you're the best fill in the, just, you remember it. I really admire fill in the blank. You remember when that is spoken to you and there's one that is just random and just so small but little things are big things. The phrase, thank you, goes a long ways. I love when my teenage daughters, we, this happened last night, we're at Uncle Julio's and I bought dinner and one of my daughters goes, thanks for buying dinner, Dad. And I was like, thinking to myself, well, what's the alternative? Um, you know, like. <laughs> Ain't nobody else got money, but. But can I tell you, I really appreciated her being grateful and saying thank you. She didn't have to say that. 
But she said it and it goes a long ways. And you may think, oh, it's just a little thing. Can I tell you, it stuck out enough for me to talk about it today. What she said yesterday, thank you goes a long ways. But just as good things we think are small phrases make a big impact, can I tell you hurtful things make a huge impact? Some of you, some of the phrases that have stuck out are, you embarrass me. I've never been so embarrassed as I am right now in this moment. I'm so disappointed. Right? Some of you, you've heard the phrase, you're not needed here anymore. Whether that's from a friend group, whether that's from a spouse, whether that's from a parent, whether that's from a kid, I don't need you anymore. There's damage that's been done. You're so fill in the blank. And you remember the blank. You remember the word. Nobody has to fill it in for you because it came right then. Why? Because words, small words have a huge impact. Some of you have heard the phrase, I hate you. And you know exactly who it was from and the setting that it happened in. And some of you, you're grown adults and it happened in mid-height and you still remember it. Why? Because small words, small phrases have a huge impact. What a disappointment you turned out to be. And these phrases and these words and others like them, man, it seems so quick, it seems so easy, but can I tell you, small words, little words make a massive impact on those you're saying them to, on those who are hearing them. And if we're not careful, we think, well, it's, it's not that big of a deal. No, 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 hear me today. It's a huge deal. What you're saying to your spouse, what you're saying to your kids, what you're saying to your parents, what you're saying to your friends, what you're saying at the workplace is a big deal. So let's not minimize today what we should maximize, but let's really lean into this today because here's what I want us to understand about our words. The source of the words determines the weight of the words. Who those words are coming from determines the weight of the word. So, so here's kind of a little equation I'm gonna give you. If the source determines the weight, then the weight determines the impact, right? If the source determines the weight, who they coming from, then the weight determines the impact they have. Now, every once in a while, I'll preach on something controversial, right? This has been known to happen that I will get off on a tangent and say something that I shouldn't on a Sunday. Not very much, but every once in a while, right? Um, <laughs> Every once in a while, I will do something that I shouldn't do, and I will get an email. I will get an email whether I preach on something controversial or I do something stupid. Um, so I get a lot of emails, and I get some Facebook. <laughs> I get Facebook messages. I get Instagram messages. And I remember some of the ones that were sent to me. Um, one of them said that I don't love people, and I'm too proud to listen to anybody. I'm like, no, I'm just too smart to listen to you, dummy. Um, you know, I'm just like, no, um, God gave us wisdom too. But anyways, um, you know, selective hearing, selective hearing. Um, you know, you just, you're just too proud. You don't love people. You hate people. I'm like, that's me. I, I nailed me, right? I, I've had people tell me that because I couldn't say a name in the Bible that I am not qualified to preach and teach the word of God because I couldn't say the name Meshibosheth, right? Like I'm like, how's... How's your Hebrew, bro? Like, come on up. Like, you try it. Right? Like, just say it fast and it sounds like you know it. Um, I, and, and you know what happens when I, when I get these things, when these things are sent to me, what happens is I go into my room and for about two hours I get in the fetal position and I cry. 
And then I take about a month-long sabbatical, silent retreat into the mountains, and I contemplate my calling and what is going on. No, I don't. You know what I do? I go out and I tell my wife and kids, I'm like, hey, hear this. Get this, right? Like, this is what they said. This is what they did. Why? Why? Why Why do I do this? Why does it not knock me off course? Why does it not wreck my calling? Because I'm considering the source. And because they don't know me, I don't know them. You know what? Those words don't have that much of an impact. But when those people know me, if, if my wife was to say something like that, if my kids were to say something, if one of my friends were to say something like that, it would have an impact. Why? Because the source matters. The source has an impact. In Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says this. The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And what I believe about this verse is this, is that this scripture is more true for the people you were closest to. You're speaking life and death into your marriage, into your kid's life, into your friend's life, and into your job opportunities than anywhere else in your life. Parents, can I tell you, your words have weight when it comes to your kids' lives. Your your words, man, they make an impact, they matter. Even if they're grown, even if they're a grown adult, your words still make an impact and matter to your grown adult kid. I remember my senior year in high school, I had played basketball all the way since eighth grade. I was starting my senior year. It was gonna be a great year. And I came to my coach and I told him that I was gonna miss a tournament because I was going to a church camp in December. And I remember my coach, he said, no, you're not. He goes, you can either go to the church camp and not be on this team, or you can go to the tournament and miss church camp. And I go, that's how it's gonna be, bro. And I didn't say bro. I said, that's how it is. And he's like, that's how it is. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to church camp. And I remember coming home and I didn't know what my dad's response was gonna be, right? I didn't know if he'd be like, what have you done, you dummy, right? Like, you've been to church camp this summer and there's one in the winter, like, can't you miss one? This is your senior year. You know, I I didn't know what his response was gonna be and he said this, and it still sticks out as I'm 47 years old, we were alone, we're in the kitchen, he walks in from from work, it's about six o'clock, I'm like, hey dad, I got something I gotta tell you. I unloaded on him, he goes, Justin, I've never been more proud to call you my son. And here's the deal, I'm 47 years old and I still remember what my dad said to me as a 17 year old kid. Parents, your words, man, they have an impact. You may think it's a small thing. I don't know if my dad knew the weight of the word he was speaking in that moment, but it was felt, it left an impression. And parents, your words, Man, they're leaving an impression. Some of you, as as grown adults, you're still, it's not the words that they have spoken, it's the words they haven't said. It's the unspoken words. You're waiting to hear, I'm proud of you. You're waiting to hear, man, I love you. Man, you're such a great, it's so fun watching you be a mom. It's so fun watching you be a dad from your aging parent as you're a parent. And some of us, it's not so much the words that have left an impact, it's what hasn't been said that's leaving the whole in the impact. Can I tell you, kids, we've been talking to parents. But kids, your words, man, they have an impact. Teenagers, your parents aren't trying to destroy your life, I promise. They are not your enemy. They really are trying to do what's best for you. 
even though it may not seem like it. And your parents are gonna get it wrong, but I promise you, they're trying to get it right more than they get it wrong. And when you come to them and you say, you know what, mom, man, I'm so glad you're my mom. Boom, means, means more to them than maybe anybody else. Means more to them that their kid would say that about them because it wasn't Mother's Day than anybody else. You go up and say, dad, I'm so glad you're my dad. Man, I, you're just phenomenal. Can I tell you, makes a huge impact. And then you can ask him for something. I'm just saying. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite things about Father's Day and my birthday is my girls will get me cards, right? Both of them will get me a card. And they are really funny. Sometimes they're inappropriate, right? Um, and that's funny. I'm good with that. Um, but what will happen is they will actually write in the card as well. And they will say something like, Dad, I, I just admire you. I'm so glad you're one of my best friends. And can I tell you, that means more to me than anything they could buy. Because the words have weight. Because they're saying it because they want to, not because their mom made them. You still have to buy me a gift. But, you know, they still, but you said the card meant more. It does. Why? Because words have weight. And kids, your words are paramount to your parents. Spouses, your words, man, they have weight, they have impact. And some of us, we've said this, well, I, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. I remember when I took my mom's brand new Grand Prix out. Um, it was like th- a few months old. And I was like, hey, can I, I was back from college. I was like, hey, can I take your car out? She's like, yeah, don't wreck it. I was like, I'm not gonna wreck your car. Uh, Greg Fisher was with me, Fish, um, in the car, and we're in downtown Oklahoma City on the highway, and it happens. You know where I'm going. One car stops really short. They hit one, they hit one, I hit one, and then somebody hits me from behind. Chain reaction, here we are, and Fish is like, dude, you wrecked your mom's car. I'm like, I know, right? And my mom wasn't the nicest person to tell bad news to. So we, we go back to the house, and my mom's been waiting on this Grand Prix. It's bright red, and I walk in, and I, I, remember, I remember where she was sitting on the couch. I'm walking in at 9707 Hummingbird Lane into the house, open the door, walk in, and she said, why are you home so early? I'm like, well, mom, um, I, I wrecked your car. And she goes, I can't even look at you. I can't even look at you, right? I, I can't. Just throw me the keys. I can't even look at you. And Fish is like, it wasn't his fault. She's like, I don't care. I can't even look at him, right? And I was like, mom, it was an accident, right? Here's the problem. Just because it was an accident didn't take away the damage. And your words, you can say, but I didn't mean to hurt your feelings to your spouse, to your husband, to your wife. But just because you didn't mean to doesn't take away the damage. It's still done. And you're either going to speak life into your spouse's life and into your marriage, or you're going to speak death. It's an, and it's not about us avoiding saying bad things. It's about us engaging in saying the right thing. So spouses, no matter how long you've been married, you still gotta be speaking life into your spouse. No matter what the disagreement is, learn to control your mouth because it controls the direction of your marriage. Your words have impact. Lastly, find friends that will speak truth and love into your life because your friends have influence. We'll probably be talking about friends because so many times we say, well, who I hang out with doesn't matter. It sure does matter. 
Because the Bible says a companion of fools suffers harm. The Bible also says, don't fool yourself. Don't be misled, right? Bad company corrupts good character. And this is not just true for teenagers. This is true for grown adults. And we wanna say, well, I, I, I don't know. No, 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 I, I know. Who you hang out with matters. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 27, verse six out of the Amplified, it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve his hidden agenda. Do you have people around you who will correct you out of love and concern? I've got some great friends who are consistently around me who I've said, man, I need you to speak in them. If you see me getting off, tell me, because I'm gonna listen to you. I, I want you to care more about me than my feelings so that I don't do something stupid and go somewhere where I shouldn't. And you've gotta have friends that can speak truth and concern and love that are gonna bring direction to your life, that are speaking life into you and not death. Bill, why? Because you're gonna listen to your friends because their words have Impact. So let me give us something today to challenge us with. Let me challenge you and I when it comes to our speech, when it comes to our words, that's a big, big deal that we should do today and every day. And it's simply this, speak salty words that bring light and encouragement instead of annoying and noisy words. I love this point. Speak salty words. Some of you are like, I'm in, right? You're like, I got the saltiness, I'm in that brings light and encouragement instead of annoying and noisy words. Matthew chapter five, verse 13 through 16, Jesus said this, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Paul said this in Colossians chapter four, verse six. Let your speech always be gracious. Everybody say always. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Now, when I've read this before, when I read this when I was in college, I'm like, what is Paul talking about right now? Like salty speech, this doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand what he's saying. I don't know what he's trying to convey. I don't understand salty words. Salt was used in biblical times to preserve and protect food from spoiling. Salt was used to preserve and protect food from spoiling. And, and so what Paul is saying here is that your speech should be, your words should be said in such a way that it is preserving and protecting those you are speaking to and speaking about. 
that it is not destructing, that it is not eroding away, but it's preserving and protecting. And Jesus said this, you're the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So that means that the words that are coming out of our mouth should be lighting the way for others. It shouldn't be confusing people. It shouldn't be making people angry. It shouldn't be annoying people, but it should be lighting the way. It should be preserving. It should be protecting to those we love the most and also to those we don't like at all. You're called to speak words that protect, preserve, and light the way. Because here's the alternative, right? Here's the alternative is that your words are annoying. How dare you, sir? Your words are just a bunch of noise. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 says this, if I could speak all the languages of the earth, and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. The Amplified says this at the end. It says, just an annoying distraction. And when you don't speak with love, when you don't speak words that protect and preserve and shine the way, here's what your words sound like, right? Super annoying. And some of you, you wouldn't like your spouse to say this, but like, I can't hear you because you're annoying, right? Like, don't say it. <laughs> Parents, when you're talking to your kids, you know all they're hearing is a clanging cymbal. I'm trying to not keep playing it because it's annoying me. It's an annoying distraction. They, they, they're not listening. And some of us, we're wanting them to listen because we've got something really important we want to tell them. But you've been busy not speaking to them in love, so they've just learned any time that you talk to tune you out. Because your words aren't preserving, your words aren't protecting, your words aren't on a consistent basis, shining the way. They're just annoying distractions. It's just a bunch of noise that they're learning to tune out. So what do we do? If this has been you, what do you do? It says this in Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I close with this. This, this is a hard scripture for me. I think if most of us were really honest, there's times this verse is difficult. Don't use foul or abusive language. I'm, I'm pretty good with that. It's this part. Let everything you say, and the Hebrew, everything still means everything. Let everything <laughs> you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. This includes the people you love the most and the people you dislike the most. It's a commandment that the Bible is giving us. And this played out um, on Wednesday afternoon for me um, in my life. My truck is still in the shop. It's been in the shop for six weeks now. My truck was supposed to be out Wednesday. My service advisor, his name is Russell. I'm not going to tell you the, where I've got it at because I don't want to put him on blast because I'll get a bunch of Facebook messages and Instagram messages and emails um, that I don't want to answer. So, um, but I, I said, so Russell, I called him last Friday. I'm like, hey, Russell, I need my truck, bro. Like, I need my truck. When I start saying bro in a negative way, it's my, I'm like, bro, come on. 
And he's like, he's like, well, I, I can't have it to you this Friday. I'm like, okay, then Russell, when are you gonna have it to me? Right? I, I, when, what's the worst case scenario? He goes, Wednesday. Wednesday, worst case scenario, I got it to you. So Wednesday rolls around this week, and I call Russell. Guess who's not picking up the phone? Russell. Guess, I, guess who's leaving messages? Three messages on Wednesday. Justin. Guess who didn't call me back? Russell. Guess who drove up to the dealership? Justin. And I'm like, you're not going to call. Oh, you're going to talk to me today because worst case scenario, Russell, we talk Friday, right? And we're at the worst case scenario. So I walk into his office and Russell's there. I'm like, hey, Russell, my truck ready yet? Oh, no, no, no. I'm like, worst case scenario, Wednesday. Remember that? Remember that conversation Friday we had it? Like, you remember, worst case scenario. He's like, yeah. He goes, the technician just texted me, said he's not going to have it ready. I go, have you actually been back there and talked to the technician? And he goes, no. And I go, well, maybe you ought to. And I just did the dad luck, right? Like, this guy's way older than me, and I just go, maybe you ought to. And we sat there for five uncomfortable, like, silent moments, and he goes, yeah, I ought to, right? And so he gets up. Now, now here, here's what I'm going to tell you. I haven't said any foul or abusive language yet. I haven't, I didn't act like a fool yet, yet. And the moment that Russell's going back to talk to the technician, three people that I've never seen came up to me and said, hey, pastor, great sermon Sunday. Hey, pastor, great sermon Sunday. Hey, pastor, great sermon Sunday. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor, right? Like, I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. Russell comes back in. I'm like, hey, brother, can I pray with you? Like, I mean, what's, you know, what's going on? <laughs> can I tell you, I didn't have to pay the consequence for acting a fool. I didn't have to go back and say, well, the reason I acted the way I did is because, no. Your words steer the direction of your life. Even when you're frustrated, even when you're aggravated, even when you're mad, even when you're caught up in the moment, can I tell you, your words matter. Because let's sum it back up. Small words making a big impact. And the, the closer the source, the bigger the impact. So you and I, if we're gonna live in a smarter, wiser way, and we're not gonna live with regret, but we're gonna live in the promises that God has for us, that means we've gotta have salty words that shine the way that bring encouragement instead of annoying, distracting words that bring damage, not just to our life, but to those that are closest to us. And hear me, that little thing is a big thing that will make a huge difference in your life. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. And I thank you for your goodness to us and your patience, but God, I pray that this would be an area of our life we get right because every single one of us, every single one of us, we're going to have to struggle with this. Some of us more than other, but this is going to be an issue for some of us in our lives that we have to conquer. And so, Lord, I pray that we would not yield to our emotions, that we would not yield to our feelings, but we would yield and submit to your word that outlines a better way for us to live, that outlines a better way for us to conduct ourselves that brings the promises of life into our relationships instead of death. So Lord, I pray today that our words to those that we are the closest to and those that we don't know that well, that we would speak salty, protecting, 
man, preserving words that shine the way for them to go, that bring encouragement to their life, that do good for them, that hears us, instead of being a noisy, clanging symbol. Instead of speaking death and having to do damage control and damage control, I pray that we would reap the benefit of what we're speaking instead of the destruction of what we're speaking. That's a way better trade-off. And it's all in the power of what we choose to say. So I ask today that every single one of us that we would put our life on the line and we would go back to what it says in Ephesians 1 in that verse around chapter verse 19 that you would fill our entire life with your presence and that it would be so full that it changes the way we speak even when we're angry even when we're emotional even when we're mad that it changes the way we conduct ourselves and speak because the little things, man, have a huge impact. It's in Jesus' name I pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.